Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today I'm here with Brian Wallace, the founder and president of NowSourcing, an industry-leading infographic design agency based in Louisville, Kentucky and Cincinnati, Ohio, which works with companies that range from startups to Fortune 500s. We'll be discussing how to use your influence to positively impact others, how to be more influential, tips for successfully marketing yourself to become an authentic influencer, and more. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Brian. Thanks for being here. appreciate you making the time. Howdy. A pleasure, Mark. Wouldn't miss it for the world, my man. This is a good start. Somebody's got it. <laughs> well, in our last conversation, you mentioned how to use your influence to positively impact others. Why is that topic so important to you? Because people do not understand what influence is. There's a big problem in the world, and that is the misnomer of the influencer and influence. So when you hear influencer, your brain cringes a little and you think of those people on Instagram and TikTok where they're lip syncing all day and you don't even know, like, are they making money? Do they get paid to like post a picture with a Coke can? I don't really know what's going on here. And a lot of it seems kind of vapid and fake. And if we're just doing it for the gram and we're just doing it for the likes, a lot of that seems to be kind of narrow-minded and kind of ego-based. It doesn't really, it seems very self-serving as opposed to serving others. So there's a fabulous, and we should probably link to this in the show notes, fabulous thing. Uh, it's been on YouTube, it's been on Goalcast, a whole bunch of different places. There's a great motivational speaker by the name of Dr. Rick Rigsby. And he has a great graduation commencement ceremony. You remember back when people used to gather and Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> Remember that back in the day? We'd sit here in our rocking chairs, reminiscing of the times when we were in the physical world. In any case, so he has just a great speech about all sorts of things. But one of the lines he says in the speech, there's other things he says that are more well known, but we're not going to talk about them because I'm going to answer the question. He talks about using your influence to impact others because influence is about helping other people in the world, empowering other people. Power doesn't mean that you can take the stage. Power is giving other people the stage and boosting other people up and helping the world. Zig Ziglar will tell you from a few generations back that you can get everything you want in life by helping other people more than you, right? So I think abundance, giving, all of these things, sometimes people misalign the influence tree with ego and greed and narrow-mindedness. And nobody wants to hang out with that guy, right? You might hang out with them a little bit and they seem like they got it all together. And then it's like, nah, 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 I'm not. If I saw him at a party, I'd probably go the other way. And I'd hang out with the truly influential because it's not just in it for them. That's what I mean. So how, if someone's listening and they say, I want to grow, they're not an influencer, but they want to grow their influence. How do they balance that fine line between growing their influence and their reputation with helping others. Well, I sure hope they're listening. Why would you have a podcast? <laughs> but since you all are listening, it all starts with looking in the mirror. The problem that a lot of people suffer with all this imposter syndrome and lookalikes and all this stuff, we're trying to hit goals that aren't even real. Like you ever see all these things where it's like you have the supermodel and she's on the magazine cover and she's been photoshopped a million times and she looks like a skeleton. Like we're just, we're trying to hit targets that don't even exist. So I think 
the big problem that people have is they follow other people and they try to pattern after other people and they don't bother to be comfortable in who they are and just be self-aware. I think to be a truly revealed version of yourself without a front, without an act, and right now in the world of COVID, there's no veil. You're getting as real as you can. Why do you think it's so crazy on the internet? Because people are in pain. That's why. So if, to, if you're actually in touch with who you are, people will gravitate to that. Like, why do you want me on the show? Basically for that, right? I mean, I, I'm answering the question by literally sitting here right now with you. Well, that's, I mean, that's why I like that you're, you obviously are using your influence to help other people and be able to give back by making time on a 16 call day, like today for you. This is literally the second podcast of the day. I'm going to be on stage three times today, along with meetings all over the world. That's not a brag. That's a battle arena. (laughs) (laughs) At least one person listening can relate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) When did you discover giving back and helping other people? Because some, it tends to be either people have been hardwired since almost childhood or somewhere in their early adult life, they realize, wow, I should give back to people instead of trying to take all the time. I don't really have a defining moment. I feel like I've been like this for a long time. I think before I started my own business, uh, so I'm almost, depending on when you're listening to this, let's just say around this time, I've been around, my business has been around for 14 years. So I feel like when I worked for other people, maybe I had to kind of play the game a little bit differently and shield some of who I am out there. But when you're in control of your own destiny, asterisk, are we really in control? Mm -hmm. There's a lot more latitude you can do and be a weirdo and then people actually like it. It's crazy. Because you're being honest? Yes. I think that if you're going to work for somebody else, people will expect you to plug in in a different way. They want you to abide by the corporate rules and regulations, and this is our culture, and this is that. And depending on where you are in the organization, especially if you don't own the joint, why are they going to listen to you? They should, but they're not. It's those social media disclaimers on the profiles. Thoughts are my own. Yeah, trash. (laughs) The, the, The comment or... It's a waste of a sentence. Who else's thoughts are there? I'm taken <laughs> by alien overlords and they're pumping it through me? Like, what are you, an expert legal advisor? Like, it's the internet. If the company wanted to sue you or something for running your mouth, they would. Remember the lady in, uh, in Central Park in New York? And no. She, she was in Central Park and she was walking a dog and then... She didn't have the dog on a leash, which is against the law over there. And then a guy who happened to have been black, who was bird watching over there, starts getting into an argument with her. Really, she's getting into an argument. You didn't see this? This was crazy. So then she's like, get away from me or I'm going to call the police. So she puts on this fake hysterical thing and she's like, help, there's a black man that's attacking me. And yeah, exactly. Like you're shocked and it was horrible. And he recorded the whole thing. Then the internet within hours on a weekend destroyed her and she got fired from her job. Do you think if on her Twitter account she wrote thoughts on my own wouldn't get her fired? That's horrible. So who cares? I think instead of saying thoughts are my own and pandering and looking like a certain thing, maybe you should say what your thoughts are instead of stating the obvious. Hello, I am a person, I'm wearing a shirt. Yeah, no kidding, it's not a newest colony. I don't know where I went with that, but okay. So what, what should people be sharing? What advice would you have for what you should do instead of should not? 
you should explain the facets of who you are. So let's take a place like LinkedIn. Have you ever seen, so the person writes, this is my name, and then there's a the little byline of stuff under their name. So they write founder at company or title at company. It's like, I know that, I can go look at your experience. That line on your Twitter bio, on your LinkedIn bio, on wherever, where people are going to meet you virtually in the web of the internet, that should be, everybody's heard of the elevator pitch, but the mm -hmm. elevator pitch is irrelevant because first you have to get in the elevator. Oh, I like that. So I call that line or lines the getting into the elevator pitch. What if we were in downtown New York or midtown New York and we were in the Empire State Building and it's a big building, mm -hmm. and it's pretty, cool, pretty cool, pretty swank. And we're all the way down the hall and all the fancy execs that are, you know, are the key account and it'll get us all the fame and fortune of our dreams. And they're in the elevator, the elevator's closing. What is it in those couple of lines that you're gonna scream down the hall that they're gonna keep that elevator open. If you write thoughts and opinions are my own, they'll be like, yeah, and see ya next. I'm going upstairs to get coffee and get my work done. But if I scream the stuff that's on my profile, they'll hold it all day for me. That's not ego, that's because it's interesting. Why is it interesting? Because you're talking about like hobbies or what you do? No, I, I put like qualifications, why people would want to follow me. I think that it's an important question you're asking. LinkedIn is not a dating profile. I'm a married person, so I don't have dating profiles, but I imagine that a dating profile would have a bunch of your hobbies. Maybe Twitter gets like that a little bit and it's okay. Like if you wanna say like if you're a husband or a father, or whatever, I wouldn't go too much into the hobby route. I think, again, they're holding the elevator. Do they care that you like basketball? No. I want to know what you do. So make it interesting. So how do you define influence? How do I define influence? Every person is a universe. Everyone is influential. It's just that they don't believe in themselves. And there's this level, there's a weird level of like hero worship in internet marketing and kind of everything where people are like, oh, wow, you're so busy. I can't believe I'm even talking to you. And I'm like, I'm just some dude. What do you, you think I like sign autographs all day? Like, what are you even talking about? So I think to kind of drop all the pretense and stuff like that, everybody can be an influencer, right? I think that the world is shifting where the fake influencers that don't stand for anything and just have a bunch of fake likes are going away. Mm -hmm. And the world of specific subject matter expertise and micro influencers is changing the game. So I think rather than trying to pretend to be everything to everyone, if you super niche down, and pivot where it's necessary, that's when it will resonate with people that should be part of your tribe. How do you niche down? Is it picking something that you love to do more than anything, the, the best clients you've had? Because I know niching down can be a tough one because people want to stay so broad because they want to capture anyone and everyone. And oh, I don't want to you know, piss anyone off or turn anyone down. So I'm going to be everything to everyone. How can they successfully niche down? Being everything to everyone is a road to nowhere. It ends in despair. Uh, so in the early parts of my career, before I started my business, I was a technologist. Nobody cares how technology works. They just want it to work. So I'm like, peace out. I'm going to go do marketing. It's better. <laughs> early in my career, in my business, in 2006, we were very early on social media company. Now, to say you were a social media company in 2006 was revolutionary or you're crazy. I'd get laughed out of meetings. They'd call me back a couple of years later, but it was like insane. But a few years after that, everybody is a social media expert because they post on Twitter or whatever, right? 
deep breath. So rather than trying to be everything to everyone and losing my edge, I pivoted and niched. I didn't even pivot. I just kind of doubled down on a specific area of content marketing and infographics and influence and press and stuff like that. That made me more desirable because I am a world expert. Jeff Bezos says that your brand is what people say when you're not in the room. So it's not that I'm saying I'm an expert, although I just literally did say those words. I derive that people call me that based on my body of work over the last 11, 12 years and what other people have said about it. So with all the work that you've done, <clears throat> just because you mentioned marketing, yep. what are a couple marketing tips in light of this? I want to be, I want to be, I want to have give away influence or gain influence by helping other people. What marketing tips would you say definitely do at least these couple things? Stop tap dancing on TikTok. It's going to get bought by China or Microsoft anyway. If you want to show up, don't make content that disappears. Make content that's going to resonate with people. Change the polarity of you reaching out to everybody to everybody reaching out to you because you're that, that interesting. We live in an unprecedented time in the world of LinkedIn where you've got 750 million people or so. And how many people do you really think contribute content as opposed to sit around? 10%. Oh my God, yeah. It's what no. is it? what is it, maybe like a 90-10 or an 80-20 model, whatever it is, the grand majority of people sit there, sit in the background, blend in, they're a wallflower, and they're not interesting. How many people actually show up all the time and bother to make regular original content? It's almost nobody. And whatever you do as a product and service, mm -hmm. if you're Podcaster, how many podcasters are there? 10? Like, <laughs> have, I mean, imagine showing up for an enormous race and you're like the only person at the starting line. It's amazing. So what kind of but content do you like, share? Oh, I don't like LinkedIn, eh, right? Like who cares if you don't like it? Learn how to do it better. I don't like cars. I drove it once. Okay. Oh. Don't take a shot in your life. People don't bother to try. But sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, I was just curious about as far as sharing content, what kind of drilling it down a little bit more, what kind of content? Is it advice? Is it success stories, client stories? What kind of content do you think people should be sharing? Great question. Important question. I think that you should look at it on an XY axis. For those of you who aren't looking at the visual, I just made a little X with my hands. And it's a variety of format and a variety of thought. So you can do... I love to do document shares to take a PDF, which you can swipe through. That's really cool, very visual, very tactile and interactive. You can touch that on your phone. I like the short form posts. I like the video posts. I'm a live, live streamer, which is only in beta. If you have that, great. And then you have the replay video. You can do images and images collages, and then talk about different things. If you just talk about clients all day, you're gonna be too salesy. Advice. LinkedIn's a very positive place. It's not Facebook. We're not here to slam anything, but I just think that people go there. It's more business-minded. Uh, it's the social media playground of the corporates, which is mm -hmm. interesting. So while corporate America might block Facebook in a professional office, they're not on LinkedIn. They're not blocking it on LinkedIn, I mean. So that gives you more of a chance to have a voice on LinkedIn then? It means that they're going to notice you and they're not going to care about you running your mouth on Facebook because they're not even looking at you. Uh, so the woman in Central Park situation wouldn't happen on LinkedIn. It might still because that's egregious, but I think it would be less likely. So share in a nutshell, it sounds like you're saying to share valuable content and be, be interesting and people will be interested in you. I mean, is that right? 
Yes. I think the world is obsessed with making a bunch of noise. You go to a rock concert, let's make some noise. I think that the world should be more obsessed with making some signal because who cares if you're a noisemaker? You're just a broke idiot entertaining the internet that nobody knows what you do for a living. So my quality there, what I'm thinking, people are like, all right, smart guy, what do you think about when you're posting on LinkedIn? I think to myself, what could I write about? What could I post about? What could I share that I think would be one of the most interesting things that could go through that feed for the day? People don't think like that. They just they post up whatever and don't feel pressure that you just have to post every hour or every day. Nobody pays me to dance, nor you. Mm -hmm. So it's posting when you have something to say. Mm -hmm. Right. So what are, what are ways that you, getting specific to you, what do you do now that you are an influencer and you obviously give back? What, what, what is your approach, whether it's LinkedIn or social media in general, for you personally? Where do I spend my time, you mean? Yeah, and what do you do? Sure. So basically, business-wise, I feel like virtually everything is inbound, referral, word of mouth, repeat business, virality, whatever that means, right? So I believe in showing up, showing up positive, and I just have a tribe of lots of people that love what I do and tune in for lots of stuff. And if I show up at a city, they'll drive a few hours and crazy stuff like that. Having your true fans, I forget who writes it, but like your thousand true fans is amazing. Um, but if you look at the time that I spend as like a pie chart, if you will, almost all of the time in the pie chart goes to feeding and watering and caring for LinkedIn. I just feel like it is an unmatched opportunity as compared to Twitter, as compared to even TikTok. I mean, there's definitely platforms that are blowing up. There's a lot of uh, new emerging platforms that are like kind of text-based and stuff like that. But I think the jury's still out. Whereas LinkedIn is, it already was a Fortune 500 company before it was bought out by Microsoft for like $26 billion. And now it's got even bigger pockets and it's growing more. So I feel like it's a community that has staying power and it acknowledges the creator community for probably the last three years or so. So it's really solid, a good use of time. Now, of course, disclaimer, if it changes overnight, remember folks, it is borrowed land. So always have a web website, have a blog, you know, all of that. It, nothing's forever, right? You know, save your videos, stuff like that. Well, look what happened to Facebook. My God, I remember when I, when I got on Facebook in 2007 and I had a group, I could put 100 people in a room offline yep. because it would let me message them. I'd go into their inbox and then overnight, poof. Nothing easy. That's is not how it works anymore. Correct. Yeah. If you're waiting for everything to be the easy button, I don't think the easy button is going to be around anymore. So do you have a company website and a personal website or how are you set up? So there's tons of people with my first and last name. So I don't have like brianwallace.com and I own my own business. So what I usually do is I kind of attach my name and moniker with the business brand because if there's 500,000 people, like literally with the name Brian Wallace, I mean, even with like the same middle initial, it's weird. I remember like I, I was like applying for a mortgage or something and like somebody thought like I had like a DWI in a state I've never lived in. It's like, dude, there's like millions of people that are named Brian Wallace. It's not me. Like, don't come chasing for me. I, I obey the law. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, for me, I feel like if you have a, a, an uncommon name, that might be a good thing to do. But for me, I don't care. And the clout of my name and social channels 
and my website and stuff like that. Like if I Google Brian Wallace right now, like it'll probably show up probably higher than most of them. So it's good enough. So it's now, if, you, if you work for somebody else and that kind of situation, right? So it, I don't really believe in one size fits all knowledge and commentary and advice, right? So it's going to depend on your situation. So if you're trying to kind of figure out a, a, brand, a personal brand while you're, as you are working for somebody else, I don't know if I would necessarily go that route, right? With the personal brand side? Yeah, that I, I might dive into personal branding a, a bit different and bifurcate it a little more where I'm given some clout to the place I'm working at, but also trying to develop my own name, if you will. Got it, got it. And in closing, what would you say if there was going to be one piece of advice, whether it's something you mentioned to reiterate or something new that you haven't touched on yet, one piece of advice for expanding your influence the right way? I think you should be grateful for, while everybody's complaining about how the world is terrible, just remember you woke up today and you could live every day like it's last. And I think a lot of people don't show up and don't try. So a lot of people fail before they succeed and a lot of people fail as they succeed. So I think consistent progress every day, showing up, listening and learning will help expand your influence to truly impact others. Thank you. And if people want to find you, what's the best way to get a hold of you and, or find out what you're doing? Well, aside from digging through the thousands upon thousands of Brian Wallace's, which we've beaten to death at this point, I would say to search for Brian Wallace and now sourcing. If you're looking at me on social, I'm on all the socials, but primarily LinkedIn is usually where I'm cool out there. Sound, it sounds weird to say I'm cool on LinkedIn, but it is a thing. And of course, at nowsourcing.com. And that's all one word, nowsourcing.com. Yes, indeed. Excellent. Thank you so much for the time, Brian. We appreciate it. You gotcha, Mark. It's been fun. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing Podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.